Rugby League Back Chat is sponsored by TotalRL.com. Hello and welcome to this week's edition of Rugby League Back Chat. The game's been all over the globe this week, from Barcelona to Blackpool and everywhere in between. Three people to talk us through what's happened this week. The editor of League Express, Martin Sadler, Ryan Briley, the Toronto Wolfpack halfback and former Halifax head coach, Richard Marshall. Chaps, thanks for joining us. We've got loads and loads and loads to get through. I think we'll start on Otter and New York, though, because that's the big news from Monday that they are, well, they're coming in eventually, but Ottawa maybe maybe coming in 2020, New York looking like 2021. It's been a long time coming, Martin. We've finally got a major update, the update we've been waiting for. What's your take on the... Well, it's situation? not much of an update, <coughs> actually, Matthew, because the RFL have said that uh, they support Ottawa coming in in principle next year, but there's still a lot of things to finalise. So I don't quite know what it means by that, but um, it clearly doesn't mean that everything is absolutely 100% plain sailing and that Ottawa can now start signing players like Ryan, for example, <laughs> which um, you know perhaps they ought to do. But So we'll see what happens. But I mean, what, what they've been much clearer about is New York, saying New York are not ready to come in in 2020. They will have to wait until 2021. I think that's a sensible decision because I think if you had two clubs coming in anyway next year, the pressure on finding on, on recruitment would be so great mm -hmm. that you know it, it, it would be difficult for both sides to, to to do it effectively. So you know I think we'll see what happens. Um, um, I, I'd say it looks like seventy five percent certain that Ottawa will be in next year, mm -hmm. but I wouldn't say it's a hundred percent. I don't know what Ryan, you're you've got a bit of experience of Canada, so I wonder what what you think about that. Yeah, look, I think first and foremost it's a positive step. Um, I think in rugby league we're probably guilty of trying to find negatives and stuff. And um, whether that be Ottawa next year and New York the year after, I think the RFL must have seen something in Ottawa to, to push them forward for next year, um, which can only be a positive in, in my book. I'm, I'm a real supporter of expansion, um, especially in Canada, that there is a market there for them. Um, but yeah, I think all in all it's a, it's a positive step. So what we talked about earlier about let's not be, be negative about it. If, if Ottawa make it in next year, if they don't, Let's all be supportive of it, and Absolutely. if it happens, um, I say good luck to him. Richard, yeah. I mean, from a coaching perspective, they've got to recruit a team. I'm sure there's other logistics on on-field matters, getting a coaching team together and whatnot. We're at the end of May now. Are we pushing Ottawa a little bit hard to get everything sorted and ready, given that they're not seemingly quite sure that they're going to be ready in time? I'm sure yet? they've been working behind the scenes really hard, and mm. they'll have a plan in place. Uh, there's some good people involved in the bid. Uh, obviously, they've got a franchise from Hemel, so there, there are some things there that, that, that they will have already accounted for. The players, the coaching staff, the conditioning staff, the medical staff, yep, they'll have to, uh, they'll have to start looking to recruit the right people. Obviously, Ryan's had a, uh, had a, had a real influence on, on the Toronto team and, and what they're trying to do. I, I agree. I think expansion is good for the game. I do think we need to broaden our horizons and sell our sport. It's a fantastic sport. And, uh, and I think having Ottawa and New York the following years is an excellent step for the, by the Rugby League. Well, I've already got Ryan playing for Ottawa, um, <laughs> Richard, but uh, how about you? You know, you and he doing a double act, you coaching and, and, and he playing. It, uh, it, it, looks a good, it looks a pretty good outcome to me. Well, it must be, it must be fairly appealing. Uh, they, I mean, look, you went to Toronto and seemingly enjoyed it. The, what's the lifestyle like out there? You've, you know it more than any of us do. <laughs> yeah, it's brilliant. Um, I think one of the big things for me when I, when I first signed for Toronto was 
was the lifestyle. Um, again, like I said before, our sport is so narrow-minded at times, and, it, and it's scary, you know, to, to, to break away from, from that and, and to try something different. And, and look, it, it was a massive gamble for, for me and my family to go to a team what hasn't been set up before or, um, and, and become so new to something. And it's a, it's a tough sell to your family. You know, I'm going to go and join a team who just set up and they're going, well, why are your contracts safe there? Why would you, why would you even try and dare do that? Um, so it is a tough sell. And, and that's what the likes of Eric Prez has got to realise when, when he is recruiting players, like what Rich said the day before, is you've got to recruit the right type of people um, before players because I, I know our turnover of, of players at Toronto has been quite high just because uh, along with the rate of success is obviously is quite high and the demand for success at, at, that, at that club is, is, is high. The, pe the people themselves, sometimes they're just not equipped to live away from home for that, for that, long, yeah. that, that amount of time. And, that, and that's no detriment to the player. I mean, like for one example, QLT is an unbelievable player, but really misses home uh, and really misses family. And, and that's that's no negative on, on Q. He, that, yeah. that, that's the way he is. And so it, I think it's really important that Eric and, and, the, and the guys at, at New York recruit the person before the player. It's the game day, I think, is it, around the game day experience. They do it so well, don't they? Um, I, I, I've not been, uh, been fortunate enough to go. We played um, Toronto in London Scholars last year. Um, but the game day, it just, just seems so vibrant. And there's lots going on. It's, it's pre-match, post-game, and yeah, definitely with I, David Argyle there. I think that their big focus is, is everything other than the actual 80 yeah. minutes of, of rugby league. Um, and if you, if you go around the ground... But that's not bad either. No, <laughs> yeah, it's all right. <laughs> um, but but they, they want the overall experience to be good. And I know when, whenever we which is good whenever we play bad we don't get booed or anything like that we just get just it's just a lot of people having fun um, and enjoying the game day experience i know they they rate that higher than the actual yeah. product on the field but to what degree through. what degree though were the um toronto fans actually picking up the you know the the essence of rugby league were they were they growing more understanding of it as as time went on oh at first they had they had no idea mm. um which is a team as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah, which is it's crazy. Really. Like, say we had, especially after the game, is I think we had like Hemel Stags and your, your Oxfords who they all get appreciated as well as just the rugby league players. And um, again, the way the education has to be brought through. So it's like we had a big focus, especially last year, trying to influence rules as the game was going on. So if there's a break in play, the announcer would announce a rule or announce a, a scenario. Yeah, so, to, just to educate educate people who are coming to the game because a lot of a lot of them people who come in it's the first ever rugby league game um, and it, I know it sounds a bit daft but it's quite hard to explain rugby league to, to someone who's brand new to it um, absolutely and the, and the rules and stuff so yeah we we made a big focus last year in trying to educate whilst the game was 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 on Richard from a player recruitment point of view uh, the naturally more overseas teams and the money they bring is probably going to inflate. The wages, but Ryan touched on recruiting the right person. Is that going to be hard? Of do you think that rugby league has enough players at the minute to source three teams full of players who will try out and will adapt to North America and, and the lifestyle that it brings? Well, obviously the proof's in the pudding with anything like that. But mm -hmm. I do think there is enough players. Uh, as is there getting the right people involved? Obviously from the coaching department. I mean, they've got to get a coach in there to to select the players and meet the players and. But it's also the families as well. You know, I'm not quite sure how it'll work, where they will train. Um, but there's obviously some logistics there that they've got to overcome, but it's worked. Where, mm -hmm. you know, the proof's in the pudding. It's worked at Toronto. I'm sure it can work at Ottawa. 
which is the capital. I'm not sure the proximity to to Toronto, but at the same time, it'll be you know a couple of teams in there as well. Mm -hmm. I'm sure they, they'll gauge more interest in that Canadian market. Martin, as for New York, um, look an, another year out. Is, is that the worst thing in the world for for them? Not in the slightest. No, I think it, you know it gives you more time to plan, doesn't it? If if they are serious, and obviously they are, then you know they've got um, more than 18 months now before they would make their debut. And I think that time they can really put to good use. Mm -hmm. So I don't think it's a, a negative for them at all. I don't know why Ottawa has been given precedence over New York. I, I mean, that's not been fully explained. But it seems to be something to do with the, the, the backers of the New York mm -hmm. club and, and, and so on and, and, and the, the due diligence in relation to those people, whoever they are. But I don't see any reason why ultimately New York should should not be successful, mm -hmm. and it will be an incredible name, won't it, to add to um, rugby league? I mean, it's just the one of the probably top five cities in the world, I would guess, that you you know identify. So um, it's better to do it right than to, to than to do it quickly. Mm -hmm. It's always you know that old thing, isn't it? Quality over quantity is always is always the best thing. I was um, in League Express. Ralph Rimmer said. You know, it's no surprise that the Championship League want to get in more applicants coming in about joining the league, which suggests that there's actually probably more expansion teams wanting to join in. Have we got any sort of ideal scenarios of where we'd like to see rugby league grow to next? Las Vegas would be nice, wouldn't it? <laughs> well, how, how about how about <laughs> Barcelona after the weekend? You well, know, Barcelona yeah. as a as a as a multi sports club, if rugby league really impressed them, and you know, the signs are that it probably did. Mm -hmm. and 31,555 in the stadium, record Super League crowd. If, if I were in charge of Barcelona, um, I'd be saying, well, let's have a look at this sport and see what it has to offer. Let's just see whether we, you know, because they've got, they've got probably about 20 sports attached to their club. It's not just a football club. It's, mm -hmm. you know, lots of other sports as well, isn't it? So why not add Rugby League and, um, you know, let them come into... Uh, our competition, and uh, it'd be a fantastic link-up with, with French Rugby League as well, wouldn't it? it yeah, what what you're saying there, Matt, is, is brilliant, and, and the word you used there was, was you're adding, you're adding to Rugby League. I Absolutely. Mean, uh, there'll be people watching this show who, they'll be at home saying, why are you not speaking about your battle, you're building your heartland, and, and it's not about killing them, we're not trying to kill no, them, no, we're just, we're not. trying to add, we're trying to add to the product, not, not take away, and so I think people get a bit confused sometimes, and we're trying to ignore teams and clubs we're not we're just trying to expand and, and add to what already is a great product absolutely couldn't agree more i think you've wonderfully transitioned into the next topic of conversation which is barcelona look we the new camp i think everyone thought it was a win-win we've got super league record attendance catalan's got the big victory that they wanted richard are there any losers in other than i mean wigan lost on the field but are there any losers in rugby league from that day and that event no i, I don't think so at all again it's uh, we've probably got more exposure in the national media uh, as a result of the game, mm -hmm. uh, I was fortunate enough to, to I was assistant coach at Warrington when the, the last time uh, Catalans played Warrington, but that was at the the other stadium, the Olympic Stadium in Barcelona. And, you know, we had a week, made a weekend of it. It was a fantastic city. As yeah, Martin, as Martin said, it's it, that would be fantastic to try and get a team going over there. I know this Spain do uh, play rugby league, and there, there is a bit of a community there. Uh, there's, I don't think there's any downsides to that. The, the more, the more, the, the merrier for me. Mm -hmm. Uh, playing around uh, in Europe, Toulouse obviously enhanced the championship. I, I do. I would agree with Ryan. It, it can't be at the detriment of all the other clubs. Mm -hmm. um, but I do think we've got we've got to maximise the potential, especially with the 
you know, the, the up and coming you know, TV contracts, renewals and but I think, uh, yeah, it'll be important to, to take that next step as well. So from your perspective, you look, you're at one of the most traditional clubs there is in, in Halifax. What were the negatives of Toronto, of Toulouse, of, of Catalans? What, what are the downsides for a club like Halifax to them being included? Just for a, for a part-time team like Halifax, it's logistics. It's simply getting players off work, getting over to a foreign country, uh, playing a game and then getting them back for work on the Monday morning, yeah. which is tough. Yeah. We we went, played um, uh, Bradford on Good Friday and then had to go to Toulouse mm. on Easter Monday and you know the team was was busted. We we took a quite a few players were carrying knocks. It's, it's so. But difficult. that's just an, another illustration of how crazy it is to play two games over Easter. Well, that's you know, yeah, and that's, I, I, hopefully we've got to no, grips no. with some of that now at the moment. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah, that needs to change, especially mm -hmm. for 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 the part-time players. It's really yeah. difficult. Uh, I've not had the experience of going over to, to Toronto, but I'm sure that would be the same. Mm -hmm. uh, I did look at the flights and plan ahead for that in July, uh, and that was going to be a real tight turnaround in, in terms of getting these players on the field, mm -hmm. performing well and getting back to work and the families. But uh, listen, this is what we sign up for. It is a privilege to be involved in rugby league. Mm -hmm. Obviously, it's a fantastic sport, and, you know, and, and, and these part-time players probably don't get enough credit mm -hmm. um, for the work that they do. I couldn't agree more. Martin, we... We speak a lot in rugby league about legacy, and that we don't build on things enough. That we we maybe go somewhere, do something, and that's it. We leave it behind. Yes. We've gone to Barcelona. We've got a Super League record crowd, which I think everyone agrees is fantastic. Brilliant spectacle. Everyone in in the region seems to think it was great. How do we build on it now? I know you're saying about a new team, but in in the short and the medium term. What do we do to build on the impact that game? Well, just have? to back up what you were saying, actually, about the way we don't create legacies, think back to Paris in 1996. Uh, think back to um, Cardiff and Edinburgh, where we held the Magic Weekend mm -hmm. in the early days, and we've not really followed up anything there. We also had Challenge Cup finals in both those two cities. Um, think about Bristol in 2013, where we held a a World Cup game between the USA and the Cook Islands and got a great crowd with all sorts of promises that things would happen there, but which never did. Can't say we don't try though, Martin. Well, no, no, that's no, the thing we're trying. So, try, so, yeah. so the thing is, Barcelona, we, we have to follow it up. And I, I feel more confident that it will be followed up because I think the Catalans Dragons can see that it's in their interest to develop a, a supporter base on the mm -hmm. you know, Catalan side of the... Pyrenees. Um, they're talking about playing more games there or perhaps playing games in other Catalan cities like Girona, which is, you know, has a, uh, a first division football team as well. I think someone said Bordeaux and Nice, haven't they, as well as two other potential places they were looking well, to Well, Bordeaux and Nice, of course, are still in France, aren't, yeah, they, aren't yeah. they? But uh, but Bordeaux used to be a tremendously strong rugby league city at one stage, you know, straight after the Second World War, and the as did Marseille, you know, in France. You know, it, it's quite frightening how the game declined in in, in, in several major French cities, and it would be great to get back in there. It, it looks like Toulouse are probably going to go down the path of, of, of with the rugby union team. Obviously, they had, yeah. they had a game there, didn't they, against you guys? Yeah. And I think the smart money would suggest that they're going to try and get, um, you know, get a, get a franchise, build, build a club out, mm. of, out of the Toulouse rugby union brand. And again, that's smart. And obviously, going back to the France and... And traditionally, the rugby league and rugby union have, have been at odds mm -hmm. in that country. But if, if I think that's a really good step, if, if Toulouse can get it, get in with the rugby union team, the stadium's fantastic. Yeah. You obviously played there. I don't know what's your experience. Oh, it was, it was outstanding. Um, and the, 
the facilities around the place as well. So there's also a nice little training base or whether they whether Tully's rugby league can use that. Mm. Um, that it's, it's an it'll be an amazing step up for them. I, I, I like the ground. They had, they had a champagne oh. terrace. I thought that was amazing. Oh, yeah. That's, <laughs> a, <laughs> that's a conversation yeah. for another day. That's the first part of rugby league back chat for this week wrapped up. After the break, we'll be speaking about Summer Bash and the Magic Weekend. Hello and welcome back to Rugby League Back Chat. Before the break, we were speaking about legacies. Well, one place and one event that has certainly left its mark on a town is Summer Bash. Blackpool has become the home of the uh, Championship's big weekend and it was another fantastic week. Over 15,000 people attended. Ryan, you were... Got to play, bagged yourself two tries on the cameras. I'm, you always seem to do it on the Premier League cameras, don't you? What was, what was the occasion like for you? You've played in a couple now. How did you find it? Yeah, I, I love the Summer Bash. It's, it's a fixture what I look forward to to every year. Um, the, the way the fans embrace it is, is unbelievable. I know in recent years, I think a couple of years ago, I actually didn't play in it, uh, and, but still came as a fan. And, and the actual overall experience around the ground is, is pretty cool as well. So I think it's a perfect venue for, for, for the Championship. Um, the way the way the fans embrace it year after year, and it's, it's become a again create its own legacy. And it's mm -hmm. and it's it's definitely a calendar event. What you what you look forward to at the start of the year. So um, I, I I can see it growing and growing. Again with with your Toronto's and your Toulouse, it, it certainly hasn't diluted the mm -hmm. the population. What, what what comes to the game. So um, all in all, it's a, it's a win win for me. It's something that what the players love playing in, and especially for for your part time uh, fellas who. Don't get to play on Sky very often. It's a it's a chance for them to showcase themselves. And I think it showed it as well. The amount of talent that's in the championship. I was know Richard know full well how good of a product we have down mm -hmm. down in the championship. So um, yeah, all in all, it's a it's a win for a win win for people. Richard, it had everything, didn't it? I mean. Great games, great fight backs, entertainment. We even had one team dressed up as Malt Loaf. We, we couldn't have asked for anything more. It pretty much showcased what the championship's all about. Yeah, um, and as Ryan suggested, players look forward to that. It is earmarked in the calendar and it's it's a bit of a, a used traditionally have a marker of where you're going to be and where you're going to finish. And uh, it was, it, I thought it was a really good weekend. I did. I was fortunate enough to do some work for Sky and summarised on, on the Swinton game. Um, and, and Ryan's game and the Battle of Dewsbury game so, and they all had a mixed bag uh, within that but um, for Halifax it was a really good uh, victory against local rivals Bradford Mm -hmm. Coming just a week after they'd beaten Leeds, I mean that 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 was sensational, wasn't it? As a, really, to be honest, without a doubt, it was. And and obviously, there's a, you've got a wonderful Sam's got a wonderful team there. Scott Morell, I thought on his day was was the difference. His kicking mm -hmm. game was outstanding. He got the one point. Jordan Lilly got one point on Good Friday yeah. uh, against Halifax. So yeah. yeah, what's interesting about the summer bash is that they they pick the fixtures so that they'll. Be close fixtures, don't they? They they actually make no bones about it. You know, the top teams play the top teams, the bottom teams play against each other, and so on. And I, I thought the Rochelle Swinton game was a really enjoyable game to watch. To be perfectly honest, Richard, and obviously th those two teams are not challenging at the top. But but when you rugby league is a great game when it's played between two sides that are broadly equal. And and I, I thought that well, was, the, the, it, there was pressure worked. in that game. Yeah, it, yeah. You know, it, there was a lot of pressure. For Rochdale, were at the bottom of the league, and Swinton, they sure. were trying to uh, trying to get away. And it, yeah, it wasn't the purest, but it was certainly up there for entertainment. Yeah. I, I, I was yeah commenting on that game, and it was really. I thought Gareth, you had a really good game. It, it could have got messy and a bit scrappy at yeah. times. I thought he had a really good game and in that game. Talk oh. about close games, though. We're at the LD Nutrition stage, and I think they'll still be celebrating. <laughs> Featherstone absolutely walloped York. Ryan, I don't know if you watched it, but how impressed were you by that scoreline? Oh, that was outstanding. I, 
I remember we actually played them here a couple of weeks ago, and I was impressed then. I, th I think they should have beat us on that day, actually. Um, a few little things didn't, didn't fall, fall their way late on in the game. Um, but I wasn't, I wasn't surprised by, by the performance. I know Featherston have got that in them, yeah. and especially with, with Dane Chisholm now. And, and I, I know Dane will get all the plaudits, but I thought Tom Holmes was, was outstanding. Um, even last year when he played for Featherston, he was brilliant. So the, the, his pass selection at the line is, is, is superb. So if they can keep them to fire, and I know, I know Tom's only on loan from Huddersfield, so yeah. whether he gets called back soon to, to play for them, um, Featherston need to, to, to do all they can to try and keep them two Tom together. Tom Holmes as well got injured in the summer bash last year, yes. playing against Halifax. Yeah, it, did, yeah. uh, uh, it was a, a fair legitimate tackle from Steve Tyra, a really good read, a good tackle, and he limped off. Well, he, to be fair to him, he played on in that game, but mm -hmm. but he had um, that was probably, you know, he's, he's had 12 months there of, yeah. of rehab, and he's come through really well. He's a, he's a fine young man. Martin, I'm sure you were... Uh, you were at League Express headquarters, absolutely divulging every single game you possibly could. <laughs> who, uh, who caught the eye? For well, you? Featherston, obviously, as you've said, I think I think the the outstanding team over the weekend was Featherston. Obviously, Toronto beat um, Toulouse convincingly as well. But I think Dane Chisholm is the icing on the cake for Featherston, isn't he? He's just brought that extra bit of sparkle and creativity that's making a big difference to them. And I think they play Bradford this weekend, if I'm, yeah, if I'm correct. So that's really going to be something to look forward to. I think I think Dane has come out and said, you know, he just didn't see eye to eye with John Keir at Bradford. He's put a letter on social media. I don't know if he's been deleted by now, yeah. but he put a letter that he'd received from the club and seen peculiar timing in the build-up to playing them. But, uh, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Bradford beating Leeds was a tremendous mm. achievement for them, but also for the championship as a whole. It's sort of given a lot of credibility to the championship, in my opinion. In this year, we've seen... Uh, the Super League's bottom three, Hull KR, Leeds and London, play three championship teams. They're not the top championship teams, but playoff chasing teams in Halifax, Lee and Bradford. Two of the Super League sides have been beat. Bradford beat Leeds, Halifax beat London. And then off the back of that, Lee almost beat Hull KR. Is that a sign that the championship is as close as it's ever been? I'll go to, I'll go well, to you, Richard well, you, you talked about legacy. A legacy of the middle eights is that the, the teams like Halifax... Uh, are more competitive now mm -hmm. and, and are not afraid uh, to go toe-to-toe -to -toe with Super League teams as, as, as Bradford did against Leeds. You know, there was lots of people in favour of the middle eights and, and lots of, uh, obviously, the Super it, it, it did create some jeopardy and, mm -hmm. and danger and, and you couldn't really plan. But for a club like Halifax, it, it was immense in terms of the, uh, the exposure for, for, for the players, the team and the town. And, uh, and I think off the back of that, the, the, the gap has closed. If you look at the top of the, the, the championship now, Halifax sitting in eighth position and there's, there's nothing between eighth. You know, obviously, Toronto are probably by far the best team in the competition. Mm. Apart from that, anybody can beat anybody on the day. Eight teams chasing five places, yeah, which yeah. is really good, isn't it? Right. That's from, what you want. From your perspective, you played in Super League uh, for a year. What's the, what's the difference in quality, if any? Um, especially the, the middle eights games, that, that gives you a more realistic gauge of of where teams are at because uh, as you know the, I said the Bradford Leeds game it, that was highly charged on emotion mm -hmm. and and how far does emotion get you week to week to week and and, and that that does a, that's a massive test on your squad and uh, again your resources your medical staff your physio bills so that your middle age what, what Richard mentioned then that, that gives you a better gauge so what, what Halifax have done and, and what Halifax have done in recent years is unbelievable um, to, to achieve what what Richard achieved in them in them years was was mind blowing, uh, and and if you can com, if you can c comparing 
Halifax is budget to your bottom end Super League, it'd be leagues apart. So what what it does do is is create an environment where you can test yourself against against the best and showcase yourself individually to then get your 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 deal if you if you want to pursue your dream of, of Super League. But especially for them for them smaller clubs who are part time, you say you like to. I think Batley made made it one year. I think we yeah, played. They did. Yeah, 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 yeah. So and, and I think the the financial reward for that is, is huge as well. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I think it, it's really hard to gauge it off, off your one-off games. You, your week-to-week could -week be, be more, more of an ideal well, that, gauge. That was the difference. That is, the week-to-week, -week, so you've got, you've got eight, eight, eight weeks of, yeah. of middle eight, Super League, full-time teams, and that caught, caught up on Halifax in terms mm -hmm. of we'd have players having injury uh, operations in pre-season. The, the, the pre-seasons wouldn't be as, as, as intense because of the games that we've yeah. played. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, for instance, Shane Grady had any operation, Scott Rail had a foot injury. We didn't get quite get the players back in the right condition and at the right time, and that mm -hmm. affected our prep yeah. and the preparation. And, and, and our planning was, was for Halifax to, to kick and, and build around this time of year. But that's one of the downsides of, of, of being a part-time yeah. team going against them teams. Let's throw the open this discussion then. The middle eights, was it wrong to get rid of it? Was it, did, did we, did, was it done because Super League clubs were perhaps wary of the growth of these championship clubs? What no, do I don't think? think it was wrong to get rid of it. I think, I think it did have some advantages as, as, as Richard's outlined, but I, I think commercially it didn't work. You know, you, 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 you found, you know, when the middle eight started, the crowds really dropped very badly because mm -hmm. basically, um, despite all its, you know, all its plus points, at the start of the season, no club could issue its full fixture list. And I think that's disastrous commercially. So, you know, it, it, it's certainly a creative solution to a problem. Mm -hmm. But if it, if it impacts negatively uh, on, on, on clubs' bottom lines, then ultimately it can't stay in place. I know a lot of people were saying, you know, the Super League clubs wanted to get rid of it because they didn't want the jeopardy. But actually, they're now committed to one club going down, being relegated, um, definitely being relegated, whereas with the middle eights, that wasn't the case. You know, the four mm. Super League clubs could, uh, you know, have all stayed in mm. Super League with the middle eights. True. So, so there's actually, in a sense, more jeopardy with the current system. Mm -hmm. I mean, you've got Leeds, Hulkingston Rovers and London Broncos all on eight points, you know, desperately wanting to avoid being the bottom club. And that's that's pretty serious from that point. I agree. Of I think it served its purpose at the time. Yeah, probably. Like three years is enough. Yeah, now. we wanted to move away from licensing, didn't yeah. we? And it it, it, it was, was a solution, but but ultimately you've got to have solutions that 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 make sense, not just in playing terms, not just on the field, but actually, you know, in in the cash tills as well. Yeah, from a business point. Yeah, of you've got to have and. Um, you know that, that it was it was very difficult, and it's not just that. It was also very difficult to explain to people how it all yeah. worked. Did the Toronto you know, people find it confusing, Ryan? Yeah, they, they, they just thought it was a playoffs, and if if they won the playoffs, they was they was in. So it, right. it, it was a very uh, <laughs> and, and again, I know, I know we don't create them rules to explain to Canadians, I, I, and I get that. But in terms of trying to find stability and, and trying to arrange a business plan and to trying to bring new investors into the sport. Um, to to try to tell an investor or a potential sponsor that even if you finish top of your league, you might mm. not get promotion into the top sure. league. They're a bit confused. They don't really understand why that, yeah. that's the case. So I, I agree. I think just commercially it was a struggle. Um, to, I mean, great. For, for players in a championship to go and play against Super League teams at the back end of the season, brilliant. 
Um, but I've got, we've, got, we've probably got to look at the bigger picture. Without them in the middle, we've still got the excitement, haven't we? Yeah. The championship, we've still got probably more teams yeah. going mm. for that top five. Absolutely. And at the bottom of the, of the, of the competition, there's even, there, there's even more at stake. So we, without playing the middle eights format, the mm -hmm. excitement is still yeah. there. The one thing that frustrates me slightly about the championship this season is that the grand final, it won't actually be called a grand final, it'll be called a promotion final, I think. It'll be played at the home ground of the team that qualifies first to get into it, mm -hmm. which may well be Toronto. I would have preferred a grand final at a venue like Headingley, you know, where... But if know, it had been Toronto to lose, would that not have been a problem? Well, it might have been. It might have been. It might have been a problem to fill the stadium. But the mm -hmm. fact is, you know, you, 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 you create a grand final mm -hmm. atmosphere and you then build it up year by year. Mm -hmm. that's, that's the point. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, going to the home ground of one team or another. Uh, and apart from anything else, if, if, if Toronto host it, you know, some club, whoever they play, they'll only have a week's notice to sort out visas and travel and yeah. documentation. At the same yeah. time, if, if these guys have done so well to, to win the competition, then they deserve the right to play at their home ground. Well, that, there is that <laughs> argument, but, but it, as I, I say... You don't do it in Super League, do you? Play no, no they play at Old Trafford, yeah. of course. It's, it's a tough one, because, like, like, for, for example, say if... Lee finished second, if that if that managed to manifest itself. I think Lee played Toronto the last game of the season. So Lee could potentially go in and win to Toronto three times in a month. Yeah, yeah. So which is a, it's a especially for a part-time team, you've got yeah. to, So I understand that there's a, there should be a benefit to a side finishing finishing top and they, they should, I think they should get the home advantage, I do. I don't think it should be held at a, a neutral event. Um, do you think that for Super League as well? I think well, I mean, I, I, there, should, there should be a reward for finishing top. Uh, well, the, re the reward is that you'd, you'd, you have a much easier route to get to the grand final. Mm. Don't you? That, that's the reward. Well, not necessarily. You only have not, to win one game to get to the grand but final. But you only do if you finish second. You're just away first. I mean, it's, t it's tiered, no, isn't no, it? However high you team finish. Two, team two plays team three in the first week. Mm. Team one has a week, has a, has yeah, a week um, without playing. Mm -hmm. So, and, and in the second week, team one plays the winner of team two or team three. Mm. So, and, and it's only got to win that game to get into the grand final. And even if it loses, it still has another chance the following week. Mm -hmm. So that, that's why I like the top five system, because it is biased towards team one. But I don't think it's then necessary to give team one the home advantage once it's got into the grand final. Mm -hmm. I know there's an argument the other way, as Ryan's just explained. But I, 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 I'd, I'd prefer to see it with a, a regular home venue that could be built up over time and you know made it, made a really big event. It didn't affect London, like, like did it? Yeah, with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like but it, it, you're right. It, it could work in terms of the other, the other way. If it, say if it was held at Headingley, hmm. Toronto would have to play a semi-final in Toronto, then fly back to play hmm. a team who's already been in England. So then they don't get the advantage. Yeah, if but that, if, if yeah, but if they sense. if they win in week two, they've then got a two-week gap. To do that, so they have a week off and yeah, come yeah. back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that that would be easier, yeah. assuming that they did win in week two. <laughs> so well, it's going to be exciting. If if we went, look, lots of permutations. Here's the thing: Would anyone dare put any sort any sort of money on to suggest who's going to be in the top five in the championship this year? Because from what I saw, there's there is nothing between probably seven teams. Anyone? Yeah, no. Well, no. Eight. No, 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 no. There's not a lot. There's not a lot yeah. between any of them. It's going to be great. And we've and we've obviously got a. Uh... I mean, Dewsbury just they beat Widnes and Featherstone. You know, and I think they won only won three games. So yeah. it's and that's why it's such a good competition. Mm -hmm. It certainly yeah. is. And um, we've obviously got two in the Challenge Cup quarter final. Yeah. How good will that be, Martin? Well, absolutely. Bradford and Halifax meeting again 
in, in the Challenge Cup. I, it, it was a great result for that game that Halifax won in the Summer Bash because, it, you know, the Halifax club, I'm sure, will take lots of fans to Odsall for that Challenge Cup game. And it will be a very atmospheric game. Was, you know. was, and the, the weird thing is that, I mean, when Bradford played Leeds, Bradford were the underdogs yeah. and they came through and won. This time it'll be Halifax who are probably seen as the underdogs, I would think. We'll see. We'll, and I'm, I'm going to have to stop you there, Mark, because yeah. we've got to finish the second part of this week's show. After the break, magic weekend chat and much more rugby league debate. Stay right here. We'll be back in a few minutes. Welcome back to the final part of this week's Rugby League Back Chat with Martin Sadler, Richard Marshall and Ryan Browley. Don't forget, you can join the conversation too on Twitter at RLBackChat. Uh, gents, I'm going to come to Rich and Ryan first because your futures have been very well discussed in the last couple of weeks and, and even months. Ryan, first and foremost, you've been on loan at Lee. That loan's pretty much about to expire as, as we film this. What's your current situation right now? Yes, like I said, the loan finishes um, on Thursday. So I think the, 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 the talks are going to try and extend it to Saturday so I can play against Toulouse. And then the, the, the general consensus is that I'll be probably going back to Toronto for the, for the, for the Monday. Um, again, I don't really know what, what their situation is there and, and, and where they see me. Um, I think it'd be safe to say they don't, they don't currently see me in their plans, um, which is fine. Again, it's part of the sport. You, sometimes you... You, you've got to take a step back and look at the whole situation and, and, and realise you, you, you're not a part of that instant um, instant, I don't know, instant team or, or ethos just, just yet. So, But my job as a, as a professional is to keep turning up and keep training hard and, and probably try and change opinions of people. And, um, and again, that's, what we're, that's why we're in the sport, isn't it? We, we, we want to prove ourselves. And, and again, I'm, I'm no different. Again, I'm, I'm, a, I'm contracted till the end of next season. So... I'll, I'll always do right by Toronto Wolfpack, um, and for me, it's about wanting to learn every day, wanting to improve. So, um, I mean, the re the reason for going back to Lee was to work under John Duffy. Who I work with at Scotland Scotland Camp, and his uh, his detail and his management is is brilliant. And if I didn't believe I would have improved, I I wouldn't have gone there. And again, I'm a real I'm such a real important time of my career and my development that I want to go somewhere where I'm going to improve day in day out and. I feel like I'm certainly doing that at least in June. So, again, I, I can't tell you where I'll be next week uh, or, or, or whatever. So I, I've got no real update in for the future. All I know is I know that there's a few conversations ongoing just to get that loan extended for a couple more days, mm -hmm. so I can play against Toulouse on Saturday. I'll be honest with you. I think when you left Lee Centurions, I didn't think I'd ever see you back there. You talk about summer bashing. You went one year. You weren't playing. I seem to recall you walking past the Lee fans and you getting yeah. a, a load of abuse. <laughs> it's funny how rugby can change and very quickly, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. And, and again, it's uh, it, it's funny how the, the the game changes and and when things pan out certain ways, it's. Mm. Uh, It'll never surprise me. The game of rugby league—it's it's a pretty mad sport at the best of times. So, uh, but for me, they've given me an opportunity there to, to play rugby, um, and I'll say I know that a lot of the players there, that the fans have been absolutely outstanding since I've came back, and um, I, I can't fault them enough. And, and the, the opportunity what Derek and John have given me to, to just put a smile back on my face. And Rich, I know rugby league players are, are very simple people, and all they want to do is <laughs> all they want to do is just play rugby and, and enjoy themselves. So. I'm no different. So the villain has now become a hero, Ryan. I won't say hero, <laughs> um, <laughs> but no, it, it's. I'm singing your name, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, uh, I'm enjoying myself, and and that's that's what I want to do. It, it's, it's funny in rugby league tough. though; it, it it goes either way, doesn't it? Swings either way, villain to hero and villain. I, back I again. think in it just just myself um, going to sleep at night and 
and not knowing what's going to happen day in day out that that's a that's a, a tough stress in itself so when, when you think about if I'm going to go back to a certain club if, if fans are going to like me or hate me it's just another another stress and pressure so sure. it, it's been brilliant the fact I've come back and, the, and they've been outstanding with the fans so there's been no animosity there and I'm just enjoying playing again, which is after, which has been a, a tough and really confusing and frustrating time. And um, again, don't really know how it's manifested itself to, to this, but for me, it's all about improving day in day out and, and being the best player I can be. As, as for you, Richard, I think it's fair to say that everyone was shocked uh, when it was announced that, that you had left uh, Halifax. What can you give us any sort of insight into what happened and, and why it happened as such? Well, it's obviously I've been there five years and really proud and of, of, the, of our accomplishments as a group, as a team, individually developing the players, which I really, you know, uh, take a lot of satisfaction in. But at the same time, you know, it, everything's got a shelf life. I was probably looking around to go at the end of the season, um, but, but obviously the club needed some stability and, and, uh, and obviously I've, I've, I've gone within the last month. Um, but it's all mutual. Um, there's no, there's no animosity whatsoever. I wish the club all the best. I went to the bash at the weekend, and the fans, the Halifax fans, were fantastic. Everybody coming over and, what a, you know, saying what a fantastic job we'd done, and, and it was really heartwarming. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a difficult time. I'm going away for a week. Mm -hmm. I'm going to spend some time with the family. I've not been away in summer for for, for a long time. Um, but when I came, when I come back, I'll be, I'll be looking to get back involved in the game, which I love. Mm. Must be nice for you as well to see the club carrying on. You know, Simon Griggs obviously is in charge now, and and from the outside looks to be doing a very good job with them. I think it's important that when you when you when you start with a vision, of which I had at Halifax is is, is three tiers: the academy, reserve grade, and first team, and developing our own players. Uh, I think it's important that, that, that the club bought into that vision. We had three different boards mm -hmm. in, during my tenure, which is you know, and everyone's got different ideas and, and philosophies. Um, and Simon's, I brought Simon from Warrington, a fantastic player, uh, and he will be a fantastic coach as well. Works really hard, and uh, I don't think I spoke to him at the weekend. I, um, he said, I said, "What have you changed?" What he said, "I've not changed. We've not changed too much." And as you said, there, there wasn't too much to change. Uh, he just wanted his half-backs getting a hold of the ball a little bit more, which is mm -hmm. which is good. And probably when Simon's not playing, they need to do that because yeah. Simon offers, and that's one of the downsides of Simon coaching. He's probably not going to be able to play either, and it will be a big loss for that mm -hmm. club. But in Scott Morell and Scott Griggs, they've got they've got some experience there. But yeah, it's I think it's important you leave a legacy mm -hmm. and make sure when you leave, it's in a better place than when you found it. And mm -hmm. I'm, I'm, I think I think that's the case. And of course, you were you brought the reserve grade in. And Chester Butler in the last week at Cypher Huddersfield, which I'm sure you're immensely proud of. Um, on the on another note, when the Leeds job came up, you were the early favourite. Uh, you were seen with Kevin Sinfield a few days before, which I'm sure was a reason for that. Can you can you give us any insight? Has there been any contact with Leeds or, or anyone else for that matter at this stage? Just going back to Chester, uh, a wonderful player. And, uh, and and to come through the system, mm. he had a lots of clubs after him and a, and a few after him last year. And, I think Huddersfield have got a real good player. Regards me, yeah, I'm, I'm looking around. I'm on the open market, mm -hmm. so to speak. Um, yeah, Leeds would be a fantastic job in, in any capacity. Um, but obviously, you know, they've got to find out what they want as well. It's a tough time for that club at the minute. Mm -hmm. um, but they're not on their own in that as well. I think being positive is important uh, while you're coaching. Being real positive under, under these circumstances is important for Leeds, for that group, and for me as coach. Uh, it's important that everybody is positive. Richard, for, for, during your five years at 
at Halifax, were you ever approached by any Super League clubs to, to say, you know, would you be interested in talking to us about possibly becoming a Super League coach? There was a couple. There was a couple. Of a, but I, I, I wanted to see it through at Halifax. Mm. You know, and maybe I was a little bit naive. Probably in hindsight, at the end of the season would have been a good time for me to sure. to say my goodbyes. But I, I felt I wanted to do a little bit more. And, I, I, and you never quite know at the time. The club is in a strong position. But the fact is, it, it looks to me as though most Super League clubs would rather recruit an Australian coach, probably an assistant coach at, at an NRL club, rather than taking a tried and tested championship head coach. Um, even though you've got the example of Daryl Powell, who, you know, transitioned really easily from Featherstone Ian to... Watson. And, 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 and Ian Watson, himself. of course. You know, so, so the record of British coaches, you know, coming up into... Super League and, and taking on the job from the Championship is a really good one. Mm. And I, 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 but I just wonder whether Super League clubs are almost blinded by, uh, you know, the, the NRL and Australia. Well, Ryan, what's your take on this? Yeah. You've worked under some Championship clubs. Just, just going back to it, I know he's, a, he's really humble and I probably won't admit it, but the, the job he's done is, is outstanding. Um, and for someone to, to leave a, a, a part-time Championship club and to be mentioned for super, top Super League jobs, like I said, the Leeds job is one of the biggest you could get in, in Rugby League. Uh, and, 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 and from from a coach and player's point of view, that when Leeds come in, that's a, that's a, that's a big thing. Um, so I think that, that speaks volume of, of his talent as a coach, that he's been mentioned around them teams. And, and like what you said before about the, the championship coaches, that's no shock. Uh, you work with a lot of championship coaches and you understand how good they are. And, and there's a lot of talent in them, championship, not just players, but coaches as well. Um, and it, again, it was, it's no surprise to me that Rich has been mentioned for, for them top jobs. And um, I'll probably ask him after he, he, we've gone off air if I can get a gig. But um, <laughs> I'll, I'll give you a fiver. <laughs> <laughs> but no, again, it's no shock to me that he's been mentioned on them top jobs. And uh, I'll say everyone here, well, I know we all wish him the best of luck anyway. So. Sure. I've, uh, I've seen the car that Ryan drives. I'll need more than a fiver. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's, talk, let's talk about Leeds. Look, Magic Weekend coming up. I don't think anyone thought that we'd be going into it saying Leeds and London is the big game. But man, that is undoubtedly the case. It is the most important match of the Magic Weekend. The second game on Sunday afternoon, isn't it? it yeah. And it, it, it threatens to eclipse the other games at the Magic Weekend because there's so much riding on it, of mm -hmm. course. Hulkar play Salford and they, they need the points as well, of course. The, um, but um, Leeds, no, you know, the thing about Leeds is that you keep thinking they're going to get out of trouble. When they started playing badly earlier this year, you know, you, you sort of thought, well, it's these new players settling in, it's a new coach and so on. Mm -hmm. They're bound to start firing eventually. And then they won at Salford, a league game. Um, I think it was about the fourth or fifth game of the season. And you thought, oh, well, they've sorted it out now. They're going to be okay. And then... It, they went back to losing games again, and then they lost at home to London. That, I thought that was the crucial game, mm -hmm. where they lost at home to London late on. And you then realised, my God, they are in trouble. They really are in trouble. And nothing that's happened since then has, has, has made you think any differently. And I thought Kevin Sinfield, in that what's now an infamous interview with Brian Carney on, on Sky last Thursday night, when he said there's something rotten in this club and it's been allowed to erode. I was really shocked at that. Who was he referring, who was he alluding well, to? Well, nobody, it didn't make it clear because there, there we were, um, you know, 
I, I was actually in the in the stadium on that night as they opened their brand new stand. Which the stadium looked the way. stadium looked absolutely. You know, there was certainly nothing rotten about the stadium, or no. you know, nothing's eroded in the stadium itself. So I mean, he's obviously talking about the team, but who was he blaming? I mean, was he blaming the previous coach Brian McDermott? Was he was he blaming the chief executive Gary Hetherington? Um, I mean, I obviously wouldn't be all that pleased if I were Gary, because the, the, the trouble is, when you make a generalised statement like that, you know, if you say, well, there's something rotten in rugby league, who are you, who are you, are you saying? Everybody's rotten in it. Mm. You know, you've, you've, you've got to be specific when you make criticisms like that. Otherwise, people will jump to the wrong conclusion. I think ultimately, the responsibility has got to be down to the players, the players yeah. who take the field. Mm -hmm. that, 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 they've got the responsibility to perform. And, and in confidence, we speak about confidence a lot in sport. Confidence is massive. You don't know where it comes from. You don't know why it goes. They're low on confidence at the minute. And it's so clear, isn't it? You know, you, yeah. even a player like Callum Watkins, a tremendously talented player, the captain of the club. I, I wonder whether, you know, Callum needs to have the captaincy taken from him because it may be weighing on him too heavily. But he's got some, and it would do, wouldn't it? Let's his, face his attributes it. are fantastic. Yeah, he's an international player. player. And what happens in these times, you just forget about that. You forget about what got you there. And what got him there is his, his speed, his footwork, his skill. And in, he, all them players will have individual attributes that they need to call on now. Mm -hmm. uh, Ryan, I mean, you, you'll have, you, I know what you're like. You watch every game you can watch. What have you taken about how they're playing and where they've been short and why? I think watching Leeds throughout the year, they've always seemed like they're putting a lot of effort into, into games. Um, but the, the thing what struck me the most, especially the game at the week when they played Castleford, it's the first time I've watched Leeds Rhinos and it, they looked drained of confidence. It, they, they didn't look the same people, never mind players. Um, and I think that, Richard, that's, that's, a worrying, that's a worrying trait to have where, where you have got zero confidence. And that, that isn't a new coach going to come in and, and tell them how to kick the ball better or tackle with that that comes from within that you need to build some, build something from yourself because that that's a real worry once you start looking on the field and you look lost and I've been in them situation myself and, and it takes a, quite a while to get out of it and what, what do you need then what 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 you need your friends your peers yeah, people definitely, around yeah. you Family, to encourage yeah. you and get you up there and on the field you know they need to reward so when Callum Watkins is making them breaks and, and handing people off you know, he needs his teammates to recognise that and give him, you know, just a wink of... Yeah. But, but the point is, I, I thought, particularly in attack against Castleford, Leeds looked absolutely lost. You know, they looked bunched up. They didn't look to be creating structures that were going to work in any conceivable way. They, they just looked as though they'd not, you know, they'd abandoned the idea of how to attack as a team, I, I thought. So I thought that was by far the, the, the most notable thing about them. And, and as you say, they, you know... You, it, it, they were clearly getting very frustrated, and the most obvious sign of that was when Trent Merrin gave away a penalty for mm. dissent. Um, you know, incredibly frustrated, just, obviously. And then Castlewood went and scored a try in the next set. Just quickly on London, have we been surprised by them at all? Or, or you know, a lot of people thought they won't go without a win. I think experts didn't expect that. Oh, yeah, surprised really surprised. Uh, I know. I remember doing a couple of uh, interviews before the season started, and and. I was the one who didn't give him a chance, and um, that they, they, they certainly proved me wrong. But good on him, and and I think what what needs to be mentioned there is that is the culture they've got down there. Obviously, I know a couple of players who, who play there, and they talk about how good Danny Ward is with them, and um, the, the culture and the environment that creates. And and I, it, like, see, so you, you compare the two environments at the moment with London and Leeds, and obviously London went went and got the win. That if you look on paper, the the, the two squads are in a, a different league of talent, but 
it's amazing how what Rich will tell you how, how much of a good environment and good people but when can you, get you. When you're living in London, I've played at London, and when you, you you've only got your teammates, together, yeah. and, and and they're really difficult to beat down there. You play yeah. on that pitch at Ealing, and it's a really difficult. Uh, place to go down and play. I, I wasn't surprised that they did so well. And Danny Ward is a fantastic coach. He's got a real good culture down there. Right, yes or no? Because we've only got about thirty seconds. Will Leeds go down? Right. No. 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 So we're still all thinking London are going. We're we thinking. We also out? think Leeds are going to revive, <laughs> don't we? Well, <laughs> we'll see, won't we? That's all we've got time for this week. This episode's flown by. A big thank you to my guests Martin Sadler, Richard Marshall, and Ryan Briley. Don't forget, you can join the conversation too on social media at RL Backchat. We'll be back next week for another crammed show talking about the magic weekend and much, much more. Until then, enjoy your rugby league. Bye for now. Rugby League Backchat is sponsored by TotalRL.com.